This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Brandon Miller into the slot. Besser scores! Corona shoots, stopped by Campbell. Rebound, what a save! And then they score! It's Brock Besser again! This is where you talk Canucks. The saucer pass, bounce off Besser, he scores! The hat trick goal for Brock Besser! You shot left, point bounces to the goal, they score! Brock Besser again! That's his fourth of the hockey game. And it's 6-1 Canucks. What a night for number six. In the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks with a resounding victory, 8-1 over the Edmonton Oilers to start the season. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home here Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. We are going to bring in Randy Janda into the discussion in just a moment's time. Keep your thoughts coming in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. How impressed were you by this Canucks opening, season opening, resounding victory over the Edmonton Oilers? A completely, utterly dominant performance by the Vancouver Canucks. Something we haven't been able to say for quite some time in a meaningful game to start the season and that's what we have here this evening JT Miller a monster night five points in the evening Brock Besser four goals Elias Pettersson lighting it up Quinn Hughes Connor Garland Dakota Joshua Sam Lafferty I gotta go through the whole roster Randy who didn't score tonight it was wild. I gotta I gotta do a double take on the scoreboard are we serious that was 8-1 it was a, a fantastic night and what I loved about this game was, you talked about the output. Yeah. But the battle level, the intensity in which the Canucks are winning those battles all night long, that's what Rick Tockett, I believe, is going to be most happy about, where his guys were not backing down. Even yeah. when it was 8-1, and they get an opportunity in transition to play aggressive through the neutral zone, cause turnovers, what are they doing? They're driving that. Yeah. They're trying to get that ninth one. That's the hard work that this team did tonight. And it was one of those questions of, hey, you're downloading all this information. Rick Tockett mentioned that, you know, it was an education at training camp. Preseason, they're teaching a lot. Well, tonight they put it to use and they look pretty good. Very good. Oh, they did. I mean, you know, you mentioned the details. The thing that stood out to me, of course, outside of the offensive outburst and the production that they had and the effort they played with, the structure, yes, we talk so much about that. But at the end of the day, it's how many pucks you win. And they were winning pucks all over the ice, in their own zone, in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone, along the boards, in the neutral, like in open ice, all over the ice. The Canucks were on top of the Edmonton Oilers and constantly winning puck battles. And and listen, you're not going to have games like this every night where you're you're winning almost every battle. It looks like it, but for a team that we've talked about, has lacked an identity, has like the lack the type of get up you want from a team that needs to play at a high level to just sniff the playoffs. This is the type of performance you may not get this 82 times. But this has to be your norm. If you win any pucks all over the ice, you have a chance in every single game. And what I liked about their game especially, and you mentioned all over the ice, but the area that they dominated was offensive blue line, defensive blue line. Anytime the Oilers tried to take the puck out of their own zone, that Canucks forward was getting their stick on it. Very active sticks. And then you look at the defensive side, you know, that was something that they were doing an excellent job of just controlling that blue line where making it difficult for the Oilers to attack with speed. We're talking about a team that has Connor McDavid, guys. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl. How many times did we see Connor McDavid, you know, load up in the neutral zone, go in with speed? I don't I don't remember a moment. That classic, you know, yeah, going in with you know, that, what he's known once, for. to be honest. Yeah. Early in this game, I think there was one chance, maybe one move down the right-hand side. Outside of that, 
Nada. Nothing. Kushni. Right? Like, there's nothing going on. All right? <laughs> nothing Nothing, happened. guys. I thought I threw in another language as well. Yeah, no, I like it. I like being there as well. <laughs> Randy, if you mentioned it, I, I went out to go say hi to some friends during the intermission, and I could hear other people in the concourse being like, hey, they're, they're really getting sticks on a lot of pucks. Just yep. as just overhearing for a lot of people. That, to me, was the biggest trend. Even if you didn't win the puck battle, you delayed the opportunity for the opposition to make a play. And that, to me, alone is a win because all your players are getting back as well. You can set up defensively and block the the home plate part of the defensive zone. And there were just so many moments where Ian Cole was so good at this all night. Philip Hronick was good at it. And, you know, it's the one thing, you know, Carson Soucy that we saw in preseason, it's like he was active with his stick, and, and once he gets in here, that's the sort of stuff that, yeah, okay, it's not always going to look like this, but that's the stuff that can translate game to game to game. And that's what's exciting about this. No doubt. And I remember, I think it was the second power play for the Oilers where they had a, a pretty decent chance. The puck was kind of looked like it was going to travel towards one of the Edmonton Oilers. And Philip Ronick just knocks it out of the air and says, yeah, and not happening on my watch. And we've seen that the last two games, the final preseason game and here tonight where so good with their sticks. And you hope that continues because clearly this has been an area of focus for the coaching staff to say, hey, you might not be in the, the best position at times, but you don't give up on the play. And that's what we saw with the PK last year, guys, yeah. where one small mistake and it's game over. Tonight, they had that battle level and even they, they were in good position all night. But if there's a moment where maybe maybe you're, you don't have the angle, you don't have that position, the stick was in the right place. There was a play that I was saying to Sat where Dakota Joshua clears the front of the net. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of a bouncing puck and he could have yeah. made a play on it. But he just goes... Empties Connor the body, yeah. yeah. Empties the bodies in front, lets the guy behind him pick up the puck because he knew he had a teammate with them. So you, you look at a play like that. It's like, should I make a tough play or should I make it easier for the next mm. guy? And there were just moments like that throughout the course of the game, highlighted by that one. But there were just so many, you know, Hoaglander chips a puck in in deep, lets somebody else get it. There were just all these sequencing of events that lead to a certainly a huge win, like eight one. Well, it, it does, right? And when we talk about the team. Finding something to take that next next step as a group. I mean, these are the types of performances that give you a light into what they can do, especially when they put that effort in. And tonight was the first night as captain for a regular season game for Quinn Hughes, and he joins us now outside the Canucks locker room. And Quinn, obviously, it's a special moment anytime you're in a season opening home game, but extra special when you get the captaincy. And and how how was the cherry on top with this eight one victory over the Oilers tonight? Yeah, obviously, it was, uh, it was a cool night for me, but I think that sunk in a couple weeks ago when I played my first exhibition game. And for me, we've played Edmonton uh, five times. You know, every time I start in my season, we've played Edmonton. So to get a win against these guys and in that fashion, it was huge for us. I mean, I think that we put the work in um, in the last five weeks, and, you know, we felt like we were ready to go. Well, in the second period as well, you had that lead, and we've seen in the final preseason game uh, that you played and this game where, you know, you have that lead and you're able to kind of really get the game under control. Has that been a, a big focus for you guys in preseason to say it, having that composure in games is, is oh so important? And another exam example of that tonight. Yeah, I think it was just our team structure and the way we're playing right now and how detailed guys are, you know, not only in the games but in practice, you know, three and a half weeks ago when camp started in Victoria, so... Um, you know, I wasn't surprised to see the detail, how detailed we were. And, um, you know, obviously against two of the best players in the world, they're going to get their looks. But I thought we were, you know, pretty strong defensively tonight and didn't give them much. 
Quinn, there's been so much talk about the start. Now, this is just the start of the season. A couple of games will continue. But how nice is it to have a game like this to reinforce that everything that's been taught throughout the course of training camp? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I think that, you know, like I said, we were ready to go. We were itching to go. Um, you know, the practices were intense. It was detailed. It wasn't just out there floating around. It was, you know, with the purpose. And I think that tonight we were confident in the work that we put in that we put in, in the last couple of weeks and you saw it against Calgary we shut them down for the most part 3-1 they didn't get many looks and tonight we were able to do the same so you know it's the way our forwards are playing the way our deer playing how connected we are um, it's nice right now but like you said just the start and we got 81 more how contagious is it when guys are just winning puck battles all over the ice it's so contagious I mean just seeing the dedication from the guys last couple weeks and then obviously tonight you know getting pucks out sacrificing themselves you see Juleson at the end of the game with 40 seconds left and guys getting pucks out on the wall and getting pucks in when you know maybe when you'd want to make a play and then the compete level was high and the energy was high and um I mean I'm really proud of the group tonight I want to get your thoughts on Brock Besser four goals you don't see that at the NHL level that often um you know he's had uh obviously a journey the last 365 days last year or so just awesome to see him score that goal like what did that feel like on the bench for you guys as well I'm really happy for Brock. I mean, Brock's a guy that's, he might be the longest tenured Canuck, I think, and uh, he's been here through it all. And, um, you know, this doesn't just start tonight. His work this summer that he put in, I mean, he was, I don't want to talk for him, but he was really dialed in, um, you know, switched his trainer and was working out hard and skating hard and wasn't going out much and um, took, you know, some of the past things personal. And that doesn't just start tonight. He, He grinded the whole summer. He grinded all the camp. He looked great in camp. And, you know, he had four goals, but he was going to the net. He made some plays. He made some things that, you know, maybe no one else would see, but the team recognizes in the staples. And I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. And he deserves it. I know you mentioned the, the 8-1 win and everything, but uh, for you personally, what was the pregame ceremony like and, and that moment with the four captains? Uh, it was really special. It was it was obviously very special. I mean, with those four guys there, um, you know, getting to know. I think, you know, Trevor drafted me six years ago, then getting to know Stan and um, Henrik the last couple last couple years. It's uh, For me, it was very special and, you know, something I can look at for the next, you know, probably the rest of my life. And, um, yeah, I was honored, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, and, uh, Quinn, before we let you go, I mean, it seems like the flu bug's been going through your team, right? I, I know the coach mentioned that, too. Maybe that's what Thatcher was dealing with. Does it make it even extra, you know, impressive when guys are battling through not feeling good to pull out a performance like this? I mean, Thatcher, I wasn't, even, I didn't even say anything to Thatcher. Anyone else, I would have said something. I mean, he's, he's so dedicated. He's the hardest working guy on our team. I mean, he's so impressive. He grinds like crazy. You never hear him complain. I mean, I didn't even know he was sick till he he left, um, and to hear that he was he has been sick all day. So. He's just, uh, he's a special goalie. I mean, he really is. Within the last couple of years, the way we played, it didn't allow him to, you know, he was getting 40, 50 shots a game, and a lot of them were great A's. But I think this year he's going to be in the running for, you know, one of the best goaltenders if we can, you know, keep up what we just did tonight. Hey, Quinn, uh, great win as a, as a captain of the club. Uh, good start to the season, and hopefully you guys keep it going. Great stuff tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. That is Quinn Hughes, the captain of this team, after an 8-1 victory, and gave us a bit of an update on Thatcher Demko. Says he had no idea that Demko was sick and dealing with the flu, and he battled through it. And, and we'll get an official word from the coaches afterwards, because when, when it happened, he left the ice really quickly. The team physician jumped down the stands and followed him into the locker room. 
But, you know, we know the flu's been going around the team. And with what Quinn says, it seems like that's what it was. So take a breath, Canucks Nation. You know, you have the 8-1 win. You're like, well, what's going on? Is Demko hurt too? Is that the price we have to pay for an 8-1 victory? doesn't seem like that's the case. We'll wait for coach's confirmation, but I think Thatcher Demko just had his own flu game there. So that, that's something to, to watch uh, and wait for and listen to here. But overall, guys, early on in this game, a couple of big saves by Thatcher Hang Demko. On. Can I just pause for a second? That sounds like a dude who's really proud of a Ready. bunch yeah. of teammates there. Totally. That was... Uh, Look, we're all grading him on it's like, hey, what are the first impressions of yep. Quinn Hughes as a captain? And it's easy in an eight-one win, but that that was uh, very encouraging from Quinn Hughes. And the acknowledgement of a veteran player with forty seconds left on the clock blocking shots when you're up seven goals, mm-hmm. right? Like that stuff. That's that's the stuff you look around and say, okay, if the guy next to me is doing that, I have to give a hundred percent. It's not. It's a you know non-negotiable, right? And that's something, just the maturity in his voice, where yeah. you can see what tonight meant to him, and let's see if the the team can continue this on Saturday, because you can bet Edmonton's going to be a little ticked off at themselves, no doubt about that, but the Canucks have shown something tonight. They've proven a point here. Yeah, maybe even too convincing. Give give, uh, give the Save Oilers some, some more, <laughs> mo- some more uh, motivation for the next game, but honestly, it doesn't matter. You you go pedal to the metal, and that's what they did tonight, an yep. impressive victory. And I mean, uh, and on what you guys mentioned for Quinn, he, this text here, Quinn is such a great quote. I love my captain, James and Qualicum Beach. If Quinn's post games are going to be like that, win for a treat, always been my vote for captain, and you know, just a lot of love coming in for Quinn Hughes and, and how he handled things here. But I'd say even beyond that tonight, let's spend a moment on JT Miller. Because to me, like the, the five points, sure, but we talk about dedication. We talk about being a top of players. Bick outlined a play where he was bodying uh, Connor McDavid through the neutral zone, making it hard for him to gain some speed and be able to create an odd man opportunity. But then two of the goals happen because one, in the neutral zone, he jumps a pass. He gets the puck in the offensive zone. A goal happens on the power play because he jumps and steals the puck away from Jan Mark trying to get the puck out. I mean, it's that type of forechecking, that type of relentlessness. And if one of your best players is playing like that, it just makes such a big difference. Difference. Yeah, and, and one of the Besser goals as well keeps it alive after the heroic shot to deflect it over mm-hmm. to Besser. But you started, especially after 40 minutes, if you started looking at the high danger chances and the scoring opportunities, they were dominating that McDavid line. And I know it kind of evens up a little bit later on as they're up 5-1, but that was a him especially because he's driving that line. But that was a, a dominant game. That was a, a physical game, but at the same time, such a smart game defensively. And when we talk about all those defensemen doing a great job through the middle of the ice and, and some of the wings, JT Miller just helped to neutralize the best player on the planet. That's not a small feat, guys. That was a, a dominant game from that line. When he's on it, that's what it can look like. And, you know, the, the thing, the, the Yanmark play is the one that really stands out. It's, you know... He doesn't get looked at as like this explosive skater, but he does have a tenacity of willingness to close on plays. Yeah. And again, when he's on it, it's like he, he really pushes to close that space with him and Yanmark, and Yanmark leaves a window for him to uh, attach himself to the play, and he, he blocks the clearance. It's that sort of stuff that JT, it's like when he, when he finishes his plays, and he's, he's so aggressive to go through opponents. And we just saw it over and over today. He wasn't kind of the maestro that we've seen in past, certainly on the power play. But he can be a facilitator of chaos. Because when he's skating hard, you, you see the upside. It, yeah. It's not always going to be five points, but you can see the, the amount of space and, and chaos he can cause. And suddenly space opens up for Brock Besser. 
And yeah. it makes it so, you know, I think it goes together so well because Phil DiGiuseppe is creating havoc in the, you know, offensive zone. And who's that guy that's coming up second usually, right? It's JT Miller just able to to read the play so well after the disruptor. The F1 goes in there and does his job. It was just an excellent performance all around. And Brock Besser, a couple of moments, Brock Besser on the screens too. There's a couple mm-hmm. of really good screens where the four goals are yeah. great, but that Pedersen goal, and the Miller goal, for that matter. Yeah, he's in Brock front. is right in front. Yeah, You'd be in the right spot, you know. And he was rewarded mightily tonight, and you know, almost got the fifth goal. That would have been something. I don't save on food, maybe tugging the collar a little bit. Almost got there. Their bottom almost line, got- <laughs> their bottom line, got some help tonight. They were they were probably pretty nervous. They came pretty close. Randy, great stuff calling the game alongside Brendan Batchel. Look forward to Saturday's game when the Canucks take on the Oilers in Edmonton this time. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, keep your thoughts coming in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. And uh, we are going to get to some of your phone calls as well. We have some people on the line. We'll get to those on the other side. But, Bick, let's get a couple text messages in because it is jumping on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text inbox. A lot of it is Quinn Hughes' reaction, who is joining us here on the postgame show. He sounds happy and energized, completely different sounding, Quinn. Hopefully it's contagious. That's an unsigned text. Uh, captain of Pumping Tires, Quinn Hughes, uh, 650-650. Uh, this one talking had the players dialed in tonight, even with all the outside noise around the team. I can get used to this. Uh, that one is uh, unsigned as well. Sign your text. Always love to give you credit. Uh, and this one, uh, Demmer pulling a Luongo, Jay and Lady Smith. Oh, well, yeah. No, I mean, not, 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 not quite, but I, I think Quinn maybe gave us some insight into what happened. Yeah, and uh, Quinn giving us the update that he's been fighting through the flu, and he mentioned he didn't even know that Demko was sick, and he just found out after he left the ice, and everyone was probably figuring out, like, what's going on? Why is Demko leaving? And it's like, well, he's, he's not feeling well. When you have that lead, probably it, it made sense. Pick what else you got? Uh, this one, Santino from Coquitlam. Uh, Canucks look faster this year, not just skating, but movement of the puck uh, was on another level. And Stephen from Prince George. Holy cow, I just renewed my Sportsnet Plus. Can't <laughs> believe that's what the Canucks look like. Love the effort uh, tonight. Yeah, I'll get one in here. Brandon and New West. Everything Besser's been through it was amazing to see him smile like that. What a start to the year. No doubt for Besser and the team winning 8-1 over the Oilers. Keep your thoughts coming in. We'll get to more of your text messages. We'll keep breaking down the game, some of the goals, how the Canucks got to this point. And we'll get to some of your phone calls. Plus, the head coach, Rick Tockett, as the Canucks Central Post Game Show rolls on at Satin Bick on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. The most comprehensive Canucks coverage in the city. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is where you talk Canucks. You're listening to the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks win the draw. Hughes shot left point. Bouncers to the goal. They score. Brock Besser again. That's his fourth of the hockey game. And it's 6-1 Canucks. What a night for number six. His first four-goal game in the NHL. And he's hanging out in the blue paint, waiting for the puck. And the puck will find you if you go to the right areas. It certainly will. The puck was following Brock Besser all over the ice. Four goals in a night. Canucks go on to win 8-1 over the Edmonton Oilers here at Rogers Arena. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. Keep your thoughts coming in to our Dunbar Lumber text number box 650-650. We are going to get to your phone calls as well coming up in just a moment. But before we do all that, we heard about Brock Besser. We talked to Quinn about that and Randy, but a player we also have to mention who also left the game in the third period 
and most likely flu-related, given everything we know about this team and, and how sick they were. And Quinn told us that Thatcher Demko was fighting the flu, and that's why he had to leave the game, and he didn't even know he was sick. But Connor Garland... We'll spend a minute here on the goal he scored and considering all the noise around him, what a strong game he had. But he only played 9 minutes and 52 seconds, and he had 8 minutes and 40 seconds after the second period. He left only after three shifts in the third. So that's why his minutes were down. I'd imagine if he was healthy and played the third, you'd see his minutes be above 9 and change or whatever. It's almost 10 minutes of ice time. But going back to his performance tonight, Bick, and that goal he scored to open up the scoring for the team tonight, that was a good way to make a statement after all the trade buzz around the forward. You wouldn't be able to tell if there was an illness because the hustle on that play and, and through that whole first period as well for Connor Garland, you know, he, he sends the puck out wide to Elias Pedersen and there was no lackadaisical nature about it. Hey, should I come towards Pedersen and receive the puck and do a two man game with PD being stationary or should I just make a beeline and trust that this all world talent is going to feather this path this pass perfectly uh, to to a spot that's like tempting Jack Campbell to come play it and in the perfect spot for Connor Garland to get onto the other side of it and then drag it towards his body and and put it in. Uh, it, it was such a clever play. And like that's the thing that you see from Connor Garland. Yeah. Like in tight, confined spaces, he can navigate it. He, you know, he's sad. He's got that short stick. He can make <laughs> it work and stick handle really well. And in that moment, uh, certainly did it. But the play, you know, we mentioned in the first intermission, there was a stationary breakout for the Oilers. Puck kind of comes up the near wall. Um, and who's hustling to stop it there? It's Connor Garland. And, you know, the, the story is whatever, okay? I was focused on, okay, what does the effort look like on the ice? Because mm-hmm. if he's out there, you know, shying away from contact, not getting into dirty areas, not giving 100%, then there's a problem. You play like that, like, I don't care what the story is. Go go play hard. And Connor Garland did exactly that. No one's ever questioned if he does play hard. And now you're producing in a night like tonight. So uh, hats off to Connor Garland. Yeah, great performance with Connor Garland tonight. And like I said, you got to make your you got to let your play do the talking. I'm at that point now with this team. It's like you guys can talk, you guys can make demands, whatever. You go out there and perform. If you go out there and perform, then I'm fine with it. Just really quickly, it looks like there may have been a scoring change on the fourth Besser goal. So he doesn't get the, get the goal? <laughs> no, it looks like they took an assist away from JT. Oh, so he only had four points tonight? Yeah, he may have, and Veronik got a second assist. Oh, what like. a slouch, JT. Yeah. Only four points tonight. <laughs> Would have been impressive. It just yeah, updated fun. on my game sheet, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of that going on. Updating game. Even yesterday, a few scoring changes were made this morning and last night. So, uh, fine-tuning their system. It's early in the year. A lot of reaction on a text inbox. Big 650-650. Garland got a lot of love. But a player who's been getting a ton of mentions, actually, was the newest addition to this organization, Sam Lafferty. Uh, this one here says from Marcus Gibson's Lafferty wasn't laughing around tonight. Jokes for 60. I don't mind that. Not bad. This one says, I felt like Lafferty was everywhere. How do you guys think he played? I think he had a very strong game. Uh, he was playing direct. He was using his speed, using his physicality, winning puck battles. I'm gonna a theme you're gonna hear a lot from us tonight, at least from me: winning pucks, winning battles, strong on the puck, cons- consistently being on strong, strong on pucks. And if you guys listened to this show last year, how many times did we rant and rave about just not winning enough pucks, not having your stick in the right lane, not stick checking guys? It's just it's way too easy for players out there. This was not. This was a game where the Canucks weren't imposing their physical will necessarily. There were a few players we can talk about, like Ian Cole, who I think deserves his shine at some point here. But this is being hard to play against when you're consistently taking time and space away from the other team, taking pucks away from them, being hard to play against in the, in the corners. 
you're all, you're always engaged in every single battle. You don't have to be the biggest team. You don't have to be the toughest team, but you can be annoying as heck. And if you come away with the puck more often than not, that's being hard to play against. I know fans texting in and, and on the phone lines are pumped up. You know, we're pumped up to facilitate these conversations. The players are pumped up. A big 8-1 win to start the season. You know, I'll, I'll make a bet who's happiest. Rick Tockett. Yeah. Because this is a reference point now. That for the rest of the season, Rick Tockett can go and say, hey, remember that game against the Oilers? McDavid, Dreisaitl, you guys had the flu. And look how ferocious you played. How tenacious you played. Yeah. And for a coach, this early in the season, game one, to say, I have a reference point to show that these players, that they can do it. It's not theoretical. It's not, hey, this is what we want you to do. Yeah. I've seen you do it, and you've done it, and you executed it perfectly. That, I imagine, for Rick Tockett, what a great thing to put in his back pocket and say, at any point I need this. This is what you have to do. I can play this card and say, like, this is what it takes. Don't tell me you can't do it because you've done it. Yes, you're capable. You're very capable of doing so. All right, Bick, let's get a couple text messages in, and we'll hit the phone boards here. 650-650. I wanted to mention this one, uh, and someone beat me to, uh, to it in the inbox, unsigned here. Box score stats that I didn't notice watching the game. Pew Suter, 10 wins, 3 losses, and Hronik led the team with a plus 4. Suter as well, again, 77% in the draw this evening, leading the team. They, they finished below 50%, but he's the one. Uh, that was leading the way. Uh, Tommy, the former tractor guy. I hope this sets the tone for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, something feels different. Uh, Brock, uh, d- just going on about Brock. Uh, also, uh, Kyle says it's fair to say Lafferty better than your average waiver wire pickup. I'd say Love so. Love the drive he brought. And happy Brocktober, dudes. That's from Kyle. Yeah, thanks for your text message, Kyle, and everybody else. We'll try to get – I mean, it, there are tons of messages. We can't get to everyone. But we can, we're, we're trying reading, our best. We're trying our best to get to as many as possible. We're we trying to stay hard on the text. We are hard on text, winning a lot of text. Just get in there and battle it out <laughs> the rest of the evening. Uh, I mean – I, I would say quickly, too, on Philip Aronik and Quinn Hughes, together, absolutely dominant tonight. Like they control plays so well together as a D pair. All right, uh, enough of some text messages for a moment. Let's hit the phone boards, 604-280-0650. We have people patiently waiting to get on. Uh, let's go to Glenn, who's on the phone line, calling in from Victoria. Glenn, thanks for your calling in. Uh, what are your thoughts tonight? Hey, boys, I'm fired up. So the Canucks uh, have the top three ranking scores in the league. I know it's only one game in, but <laughs> they're tied for first in the league. That's Facts only. Awesome. And uh, my boy Besser, I called all four of the goals. I said he's going to score one. He scores one. I said he's going to score another one. He scores another one. All the way to number four. I wasn't sure he was going to score the fourth one, and then I just had this feeling, and it was a beauty tap-in. Um, I think that JT should have five points. I'm pretty disappointed they took that away because he would be the leading points getter in the NHL. We also have, I believe it was the leading, um, what is it? I know it's only one game in, but I'm pretty stoked. That was one heck of a game. Um, Point percentage, what else do we got? Everything, man. There's leading everything. Number one in the league. Well, they just cleaned up. It was unreal. What a bunch of just absolute, like, hard on the puck. Tenacity, they had it all tonight, boys. That's all I want to say. Have a great night. Hey, great stuff, Glenn. Thanks for your phone call. Let's keep things going on the form board, 604-280-0650. And let's go to Nathan in Surrey. Nathan, what do you got for us tonight? Sassy R and Vic Ram, we're back, boys. Let's go. First <laughs> but we're getting full day. Oh, man, when we <laughs> get full day, it's usually after a bad game. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I, I don't know how this happened, but I checked out LinkedIn, and I, I was like, oh, shoot. His full name's Vic Ram. I love it. Okay, boys, how was your guys' summer, man? What did you guys get up to? Come on, Vic. 
You're on the beach, I bet. It was, it was, it was chill, man. Pod. It was chill. We were working. We were working yeah. on being in a perfect game shape for the season. You know, oh, you know, we, we were I focused on the that. details. You know we worked on our structure. We got in good shape. We're ready to go. A hundred percent. And Canuck Central faithful, I can attest to that. That is as jacked as the program says he is. Hey, see you up there in the press box with Murph on the panel there, bud. You're looking full. Okay, oh, boys, I didn't get to watch the game tonight. I just came from Beer League, but I saw the score like on the TV while I was playing. And I was like, is it 5-1, boys? This is insane. And it ends up being 8-1. Okay, didn't watch the game, so I won't get into uh, it too deep here. But the Bear behemoth better. Flying in the preseason versus the Oilers, I caught that game. And I know, Sat, you say, I don't know if he's faster. I, I personally think he is. Mm. I think his conditioning is better. That, that, that's what I think, personally. Um, so I'm, I'm, really, I'm really psyched to see Besser because his whole thing is confidence, right? Like, that's how it has been for so long. Um, mm. So I, I'm super excited, boys. I mean, all my friends are naysayers this year. Um, it's a safe bet, to, you know, crap on the Canucks or whatever. I think it's going to be a big year. We got Hunky Hronik, Cutie Cole, and Saucy Susie on the blue. You know it's going to be cooking, boys. And drafting Petey with my first overall pick in fantasy, whoo-wee, sweet right now. All right, back to you, boys. Let's cook this season. <laughs> Thanks for the phone calls. Nathan calling in. Fired up. And, yeah, I mean, Elias Pettersson. We haven't spent a ton of time on Elias Pettersson here tonight, Pick. And, I mean, it, it's... It's just a level of engagement he always plays with. I mean, I know he had some down moments mm-hmm. throughout the seasons like this team has had, but I mean, you looked at the year he had last year, and you look at the points tonight, the goal tonight, you know, the assist you mentioned to Connor Garland, just an absolute, I mean, 10 out of 10 quality type of pass to set up Garland for the first goal, but also the physicality he plays with. We've seen it. I mean, he blows up Cody Ceci on the mm-hmm. blue line. He's winning puck battles all over the ice. I mean, it's, it's, it's what makes him such a special player. And why, you know, I look at him as being one of the best players in the league when he's on top of his game. Because it's more than just scoring points. And, he, and that was on full display here tonight. Packing on some pounds and, and throwing his body weight around all of a sudden. The, the, those lunches that he was carrying on the boat with those, uh, the interview with Elliot Friedman. Uh, clearly, the, the offseason training has, has gone a long way for Elias Pettersson. Look, we, we know that there's a physical element to his game. You know, we've seen the, yeah. the puck protection and the reverse hits. But if he's now, like... Going out of his way, not and not to take him away, himself out of the play, but just to have a bit more physical presence, and like he does look a bit thicker and stronger. It was naturally going to happen at age twenty four, twenty five, yeah. twenty six, and beyond. Man, like that's the upside of, of waiting this out with Elias Pettersson. That, that now we're here. Now we got this fully formed adult and he he looks ferocious and man. He, he even had a bit of a quip on he's like you know a little bit stronger a little this bit morning. Heavy. this morning he's like yeah. a little bit stronger a little bit heavier i know you guys like that to the media <laughs> so uh, he's very well aware Look, I, about the things people talk about him having to improve his first meeting with media the, this this preseason I, I felt like there was a defiant pd back like remember rookie year like yeah, the yeah. stare and all that stuff like that stuff i i like that stuff like show us your personality it's okay so, so be a little bit defiant, and if you want to say like, "Hey, I'm putting on some weight here," I, I know it's been a focus for for everyone else that has been questioning me. Watch out! And uh, Cody Cece found out tonight. Yeah, he did find out. You know, what, what did they say about doing what and finding oh, out? It was yeah. something along those lines. I'm not going to repeat it. There's on a chart it. for it. <laughs> yes, there is. You can always check it out on on social media. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, all right, a lot of good reaction on text inbox as well. Jordan M from North Delta. 
I'm not sure it's actually Jordan. I know it probably is, but he says, Phil DiGiuseppe was absolutely amazing tonight. He may not be the one of the three stars, but he was quietly one of the best players on the ice tonight. What a game to be at. Go Canucks, go, to go. Jordan M. from North Delta, also known as Dan Riccio. No, I'm just kidding. I know it's probably Jordan and, and obviously not Dan, but we're kidding about Dan being the biggest PDG fan. But even him, I mean, we talk about the first Besser goal. It's his hard work, consistently winning battles across the ice, all over the place, getting to the net. I mean, just doing all the dirty work here tonight. Uh, absolutely. 650-650. A lot of love for Nathan uh, in, in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Hey, man, you compete on the phone lines? People in the text inbox will notice. That one's from uh, Kai from Kitts. Uh, also, 650-650. Uh, best thing about tonight was players preaching a good start and they all delivered Hughes, Pedersen, Miller, Besser carried the mail tonight and hope they do it consistently this year Hussein from Coquitlam uh, texting in 650-650 One thing I mentioned on overrated, underrated today and the question was you know, um, season opening games overrated or underrated and I say they're underrated in terms of just the excitement the fun at being in the building there's an energy to it like I mean every single play was contested Mm -hmm. the building was buzzing I love season opening games what a season opening game means, however, is overrated. It's one game out of 82. Mm-hmm. But when we look at this team and we look at all the boxes they had to check, and especially when we looked at foundationally, right, what type of engagement do you play with? What type of structure, quote-unquote, do you play with? Are you forechecking effectively? Are you trusting your teammates? And all those things, they, they nailed all those things tonight. And to the point that you made, the reason it's impressive is because you can point to this and say this was our – first game of the season, we knew how to play a complete game. Mm-hmm. This is what we can build on and do more. It's only one game. you got to keep doing this. You have 81 more to go here. But considering the starts we've seen to the seasons of past years for this team, it's really nice to start the year on a note like this. It's building the foundation, right? It can later crack, but at least you're, hey, we, we've, we've banked 10 points. We've banked 20 points. Whatever it is. Um, it's hard not to say, like, hey, this is a great start. This is exactly what you want to see to start the season. Now, 8-1 is beyond anyone's wildest imaginations. But as far as the mental engagement and the physical engagement in tonight's game, you couldn't have asked for a better start. You really couldn't. You really couldn't. Uh, We'll get to more of your text messages. We are going to hear from head coach Rick Tockett coming up in a few minutes when that becomes available to us. But let's continue on the phone boards as well. Let's go to Harry, who's waiting to get on. Harry in Vancouver. What's happening, man? What do you have for us tonight? Hey, guys. Um the podcast right here. But uh, I'd say, like, the, the team played an incredible game today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little worried about Asher Demko. Um, they said left because of the flu, but obviously he's a big part of the team, so seeing him hurt or something would be absolutely devastating this early in the season. But I think the team played really good defensively. Offensive players played with the need to play, so... Uh, for me, the biggest part was just the defensive end thing, the pound to kill and the defensive play. So, yeah, I hope they can keep it up. We'll see what happens with Demko. Uh, great stuff. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, that's Harry in Vancouver calling in. Uh, let's keep things going uh, on the phone boards. Let's go to Nanaimo where our friend Details is on the line. Details, what's happening, buddy? How did you like to start to the season this time? Gentlemen, slight false information only because I'm sitting on a hello fast ferry in English Bay. I was in the building tonight. So, uh, Beautiful. Let's go. That, that, that was quite the night, I got to say. Um, anybody checked in on Riccio? I feel like this guy needs a check-in nightly with the PDG. This kid's going to be the unsung hero. I, I love the fact Reach pumps his tires all, all, uh, all day, every day. But let's be honest here, guys. We, we've been at it a few years. We've watched Brock get, you know, 
skewered by the media. No offense to you guys, but it's your job. I get it. He's been through losing his father. He's talked about 40-goal seasons to get injured on opening night. And tonight, we saw this kid bury four goals. And I'm just so happy to see this for him. And, uh, you know, beyond that, I think this is the start that we needed here this year, obviously. We've discussed that nauseum, and you guys have, you know, the starts, the starts. And we're going to go play five on the road. But what we saw tonight is very, you know, instilling in confidence-wise when you have an Oilers team like they had. And before we get off topic with hockey or finish on hockey, I want to say, guys, to anybody that's listening, Hello Fast Ferries is offering a ferry post-game now, guys. If you're like me and you live on the island, we now have the ability to come and watch a great game and take the ferry home, listen to Sat and the boys do this post-game thing, and we can get home to our own beds tonight. So I'll be in touch again this year, boys. I just thought I'd drop a jewel on opening night. I know you got a lot of work to do. Much love to the boys and to Hello Fast Ferries for getting me home tonight. It's your boy, love- I'm out. You- you got it. That's details in Nanaimo. As always, a pleasure him calling in. And, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, on Phil Giuseppe, he talks about, we mentioned him mm-hmm. too, with Dan Riccio pumping his tires. But, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like we joke around because of, you know, the Italian thing. And, and Dan, like, genuinely loves watching Phil Giuseppe. And, He's, who does it, honestly? Yeah. Like, I, I want to I meet the people that are like, uh, I don't know. But but it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I mean, you're, talk, you're not talking about a guy who's supremely talented naturally to be this top six scorer. But it's not just about having somebody who's going out there and scoring at a high rate. It's about how can you put a, a line together that's going to be effective? And how can you allow the players players like JT Miller and Brock Besser to shine on a line? You know how you can do that? Doing dirty work. Winning pucks. Keeping the puck in the zone. Winning pucks in the uh, in the defensive zone. Getting the puck into space. And one of the things you always talk about with him, too, how many passes does he string along in the offensive zone? It's a very small thing, but it's, the puck's always moving when he's out there. And that's the best type of complimentary, that's the best thing a complimentary player can do as a third player on the line is facilitate for your more skilled teammates. And he's been doing that beautifully. Uh, I, I don't want to make, I, I'm just going to have to make this reference. Uh, as far as a player like fitting with another player, and, and this is a high level, okay? But how many points do you think Chandler Stevenson had before he played with Mark Stone? So I, I think he was what like a I think the max he had was like forty some points or something like that in Washington. In Washington, no, he was like a you know twenty some point player, right? Eighteen, eighteen. They even get and, twenty and, points. And yeah, in yeah. general, he had thirty three points before arriving in, in Vegas, in over the course of uh, three and a half seasons, basically. Yeah, maybe four and a half here. And then he arrives, and it's like the pairing with him and Mark Stone just worked so well. He gets Chandler Stevenson speed. Mark Stone does so much great defensive work. And over time, it's like, hey, now you're getting a 60-point player. And I'm not saying that's, what can ha- well, here, like, that's what's going to happen with PDG. But like the pairing between him and Miller really does work. And that's the thing. It's, we can sit here and be like, oh, Hoaglander is a more talented player. Sure. But does it fit with yes. the player? Yes. And that to me is like that, that pairing I mentioned with Stone and Stevenson, it just it works. His speed through the middle of the ice, how Stone works on the, along the boards in the defensive zone, in the neutral zone, it just pairs well with Chandler Stevenson. This just pairs well. And you, the, the first Besser goal to me is the one that, like, that's the highlight. PDG cuts off Bouchard, gets that puck up the wall. Miller's there. They, they read off each other so yeah. well in the offensive zone. And it, suddenly, like, JT just makes a quick pass to Besser, and it's off his stick and into the net. That's the thing It's. The, the, the chemistry and the pairing is just as important as the individual talent. And PDG just does the simple stuff effectively, consistently. And when you just do the simple stuff and you execute it, 
boy, boy, these opportunities just open up. Yeah, no question about that. And there were so many players. There wasn't a single passenger tonight. You know what what I'm going to do, Big? I'm just going to point out a player right now on this sheet without looking at it. And it's probably going to be somebody we haven't talked about that had a good game. I can't confirm his eyes are closed. Tyler Myers. (laughs) Of all the players. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, I mean, a plus two on the evening, good on the PK. Him and Ian Cole. You know what? I want to expand on Ian Cole. Get your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber text in the box, 650-650. We'll get to more of your phone calls as well. And we are going to hear from head coach Rick talking on the other side. But the impact Ian Cole made, we'll talk about that and more. It's Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. And this is the Canuck Central Post Game Show after 8-1 Canucks victory over the Oilers on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Join the discussion on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Scramble, draw came right into the slot. Great save by Demko on Warren Fogle, who threw it to the net. It snuck between Demko's legs, and he spun around to prevent it from going in the net with his pad, kicked it out the near side. Thatcher Demko, sparkling performance for over 40 minutes tonight, and then pulled for, for Casey DeSmith. But rest assured, it was because of the flu and him being sick, not an injury. And this as is, Quinn Hughes told us earlier as well. As Quinn Hughes told us earlier, and uh, you are going to be able to hear that interview if you missed it later on on the Canuck Central podcast, and it is going to be must-listen after his 8-1 victory over the Edmonton Oilers at Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar on Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Keep your thoughts coming in to our Dunbar Lumber Text Inbox, 650-650. And one player I wanted to talk about a little bit too, and especially in, in the... I mean, honestly, like I, I, mean, I was joking about... You know, I'll just point at a player, and we ended up pointing on Tyler Myers, who you know he had a strong game, solid game, but he played alongside the Ian penalty Cole early was like the early like, oh no, is it happening again? And they kill off the penalty, which is a great sign. Yeah, you know, but he, you know, he was him and Cole together as mm-hmm. a pairing were more than fine tonight. I thought I thought they had some really good moments, but I thought what Ian Cole was able to provide in terms of his battle level along the wall in front of the net, him. And, and, and it's not even like he's not this great puck mover, but it always seems like he finds the guy that he needs the puck to be able to get the puck in transition, be able to get out of his own zone or make the right play through the neutral zone or in the offensive zone even. The simple play is the one he, he continually makes. But just the strength he has, and we saw this with Luke Shen, obviously. He's a strong player. But this is almost even more functional in ter- terms of clearing guys out and making sure guys can't just parked themselves in front of the net. Zach Hyman is a load to handle in front of the net. And it was no issue for Ian Cole here tonight, Beck. Yeah, Zach Hyman's not a small dude. Uh, and and also, like, plays with a certain mentality. Like, Zach Hyman's 6'1", 205. But he plays hard. And he like, plays he, hard with a lot of effort. Well, the reason that power play is so good is McDavid and Dreisaitl. But him, the way he works in front of the net and the slot area. Retrievals. Like, he's a very tough player to contain, and that's what Ian Cole did here tonight. And James McCall can beach texting in 650-650. I feel like Cole brought a level of maturity, poise, and toughness. Lafferty was a great surprise. I found myself noticing him a lot tonight uh, in, in Quinn's or Petey's hit on CC was a statement and uh, on about a bunch of players but Cole is the thing that really stands out and you, look you mentioned this the strength it, it just it's so noticeable moments behind the net where yeah. he would just he pinned Evander Kane against the wall with with just a forearm and was able to move the puck with the other hand it just that style of defensive D-man um, we, we, we haven't really seen like there's been Solid NHL players. Like I, I know the OEL thing. It's like we, we got the worst version of him here in Vancouver. Yeah. But like he, he he's a real NHL D man. Yes. But the thing that was like 
really telling for the last couple of seasons is there's there was a monochromatic nature to the blue line. The like Quinn Hughes puck mover, Tyler Myers at his best is skating with the puck and and moving the puck. OEL very similar and. It was just like dude, like Travis Dermott, Ethan Bear. It's a lot of the same style of guys. To have someone like Ian Cole, who like his his assists are, I broke up the play. Yeah, I stopped the cycle. I put a body into someone, and that stuff as we as we talked about with Quinn, it, it's contagious. And suddenly everyone just feels like they can puff their chest out a bit. And now I got to do it because this guy, his lens of the game is defense. And that's the thing that's interesting. And now inject Carson Soucy into this, who I think has an element of, of getting the puck or stick on puck, certainly through the neutral zone. That's the thing that you really want to see. And, and Philip Pronick, I thought, was really fantastic tonight as well. Understated, given four goals and four points and Quinn Hughes' captaincy. That, that was an understated uh, game by... Uh, Philip Pronick. Yeah, and and you know what? Philip Pronick is getting some love on the text inbox as well. Six fifty, six fifty. You're getting roasted. I'm getting. Well, yeah. Dan says, I'll, uh, "Sad. I'll talk about any player we point to." Oh, Tyler Myers. Uh, how about his partner? Let's talk about Cole. <laughs> no, I mean he had a fine. That pairing game. was good. It, the pairing, the pairing was fine. And uh, you know, and somebody, you know, uh, Ron Coquitlam said Myers took a bad penalty uh, early to give the Oilers a chance. I mean, fair enough. And then Benny says, however, Myers was a standout tonight because he didn't stand out for any reason. A quiet, effective game. And, I mean, there weren't, there wasn't a single player here tonight. Big, I thought like was a passenger, or I thought didn't do something good. And I know people were asking the question too: Did Dakota Joshua give this team the jump they needed by dropping the gloves of DeHarnay? Because I know one player had fired up, JT Miller, first person to go see him in the penalty box. Uh, he, he was still, you know, collecting his gear, and JT Miller skated right over, fist pump. Went into the penalty box basically right with them and fist bump and, and, and away you went. But yeah, uh, you know he he provided his moment uh, outside of even scoring a goal obviously later. But everybody did something. Uh, six fifty six fifty. We take the jokes per sixty as well. Uh, unsigned here, Ian Cole, certified giraffe tamer with the trademark on it. So so there you go. Yeah, uh, that, that's good. Uh, this one here is how about Tyler Myers? That transition has me dead. <laughs> All right. People caught that, I guess. Uh, Cohen and Alice Arm. Ian Cole is steady. His hot playoff streak is impressive, but it can't help to think he had something to do with that. Obviously not overlooking the talent the teams he was on, but he is impressive. That's Cohen and Alice Arm texting and, and, in. And sorry, I, the, the, uh, this texter's right. I, 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 I glossed over Luke Shen. Like, Luke Shen was that yeah, guy. I, I mentioned him a couple minutes yeah. ago, yeah. Now, the thing is, there's just more guys like that. Yes. Like Philip Pronick and Carson Soucy is going to come into this game. The, the, there's there's more players that view the game differently, and obviously Luke Shen's contribution should not be forgotten and overlooked. So my bad on that one, Mia culpa, but uh, I just like what Ian Cole brings. Yeah, and you know a player who didn't get on the score sheet tonight, but ended up logging 17 minutes and 31 seconds, obviously because Teddy Bluger didn't play either, and you got into a little bit of garbage time with that big lead late in the game, and he got some power play time. Is Pia Suter? And, you know, we, we mentioned defensively what he did, but also just his forecheck and just makes the right plays. Like, you know, one of the things this team has been missing so much is having centermen outside your top six who can do the simple things well. And he's not even like the you know, the the defensive center of the two between mm-hmm. him and Bluger. Bluger's even better defensively and as a two-way type of guy. But like PS2 just makes the right play consistently, in the right spot consistently. His puck pursuit was dogged. And, you know, it's, nobody was a passenger tonight. And if you're looking at, you know, some foundational pieces, and I kind of joke about Brandon Sutter <laughs> here, but if you talk about a third-line center and a guy in a third and fourth line that have to do their jobs to help, you know, your team have, like, some positive or neutral shifts even, 
He did that and more tonight. Pia Suter did. Now, we're, we've been impressed. The fans are impressed. Our callers are, text mes- are, are texters. Quinn Hughes was very impressed with his squad. How does the head coach feel? Rick Tockett, and here is the head coach after his team bludgeoned the Oilers 8-1 here at Rogers Arena. I, I thought we checked really well. You know, we... Uh... We started losing some bodies at the end. I, I thought the guys managed the game. You know, that's something we've, we've talked about. Um, you know, some good goals. You know, some fun, you know some lucky goals too. You know, sometimes you got to be those those help those lucky goals. Um, but overall, I thought we checked. I thought we checked well. The, we had a good, really good game plan. I thought the guys really stuck to our game plan. How good do you feel for Brock? Yeah, yeah. No, he. Uh, I know he was, uh, he, you know, he did some different training this year. Uh, I think he's had a good camp, and he knows that, uh, you know, he's got to keep going. But, uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, yeah, four goals, a couple of screens. Yeah, he was a big part of the, the, the game tonight. Thatcher left the game in the third period. Do you have an update on exactly what Dehydrated. He, uh, yeah, he, was, uh, he started to feel dehydrated, and then he didn't really want to come out. Then, then when he puked in his mask, I said, you got to come out. So, what's that? Yeah, it's kind of went through our team. It's uh, a couple of guys were dehydrated, mm-hmm. so I, they kind of hit him. That's why I'm proud of you. I mean, you, you suck, the guy sucked it up, you know, when you have a little bit of a bug, and he did. Uh, I think he might. I don't know. I thought he did, but, uh, yeah. No, he's, yeah. Can I ask you Tough. about uh, JT and just how well he matched up against the McDavid line? <clears throat> Yeah, you know he want you know I, I like that matchup for uh, you know and I and I had that line last year in a matchup role, you know playing a two hundred foot game is tough, um, but yeah I mean McDavid's a tough I mean he's an all world he's a tough guy to check, very rarely you get to check him very you know every night it's very tough, um, but he got some help from obviously Bess and, and uh, Giuseppe that line was pretty good and you know and Huggy and, and uh, Hironic when they were out there too they did a nice job we, you know we were connected as five you can, not one guy can check McDavid You're, it's impossible with uh, Huggy and Hironic um, yeah. you can control your matchups a little bit being at home it might be harder on the road there's, there's <coughs> potential advantages to splitting them up so maybe one of them can get out there against that line a bit more yeah I thought Footy did a good job he did he kind of mixed and matched a little bit yeah on the road yeah I think we're going to have to spread it around um until we get some healthy bodies back. Is is Brock quicker than last year? Yeah, I think there's an extra yeah, I, I do see that. Yes. I do see that. I think I think his and I, I think his training different training helped him. And just setting up this this is as tough as it goes to start the season. This what? This is as tough as it goes to yeah. you know, start the season. You you talked about JT and the challenge of it. I mean, was that something you had raised with him or did he have find that on his own that sort of knowing that he was going to go up against <clears throat> yeah I, i've talked to jt a lot last year in this summer and uh he knows his role you know he's he, he knows his point he's not a he knows his points will come but he's willing to be in certain situations i don't want to call him a checker but a, a two a 200 foot guy you know he's he uh he likes that role like i mean a couple times he just they went over. I didn't even have to tell them. They knew that they had, that that was the matchup we had tonight. Rick uh, Quinn talked a lot tonight about really being ready to play, detail oriented. And sometimes when there's a lot of goals, and you can <clears> take your foot <throat> off the gas, it, I thought tonight it was the little things. Uh, a guy like Lafferty winning a board battle in his right. zone, make sure you get the puck out, going to the net, drawing a penalty, uh, being good on the yeah. PK, Giuseppe starting a cycle to start a goal. 
all the little things seem to mm. add up. How important is that tonight? That you guys seem to be really focused on the details. Yeah, you know, you're up four, five, one, and you see the a guy not cheating. You know, that's the stuff. You know, that's the stuff we got. You know, you got to stamp or a stamp, but we don't want that stuff around here. You know, that's the selfless, you know, the selfless hockey when a guy's cheating, trying to make it six to one, and the, and the wrong way. I'm not. I don't want guys to back up, but first four checker instead of. You know, going behind the net and falling. He's now he's coming above the net, knowing that he his job is to be over guys. You know, maybe in the past guys would go around the net. All of a sudden, it's a three on two, four on two, because we're cheating a little bit. But um, you know, I, I felt leaving last year, we chipped away at that part of our game. Uh, Quinn talked about the confidence in the structure, and that's why there's a lot of success <clears throat> in this game. How do you build on that? with the same team that you're facing after an 8-1 win, a couple well, days to work on it. It's hard to it's hard to win, right? So you, it's hard to keep doing those little things. And that's that's repetition, that's accountability. You know, that's um, all of us, you know, being accountable, staying on top of each other, you know. Hey, listen, good win for us, but, you know, I hate to say tomorrow's back to work, you know, even keel. And we have to be, you know, this is a... This game can turn on you quickly if you uh, if you don't respect it. So we'll respect this game, you know, good effort, and we'll come and work tomorrow. There was eight goals to celebrate, but it felt like yeah. the bench, the loudest they were, were at the end. A shot block from Noah yeah. Juleson at the end. Is that just that's the type <clears throat> of player you need to have on your back end? Yeah, like Dakota gets in a fight, he blocks a shot. You know, the bench is alive. You know, that's a, that's a, just team stuff that you like to see. Yeah. I mean, he suppose at 40 seconds left, he eats a puck. You know, you, a lot of guys would, would have turned out of the way, but, you know, if he's scratching and trying to stay in the lineup, good for him. Coach, you look at turning points in the game. The PK yeah. kills one off, scoreless. They kill the other one off when it was 2 nothing. Edmonton scores could be 2-1 in yeah. the ball game. How big were those two penalty kills? <clears throat> yeah, the, the penalty kill's been good this uh, all training camp. Um, we've really worked on it. Mike Yo's done a nice job uh, teaching it, teaching our philosophies. Um and I think guys like Teddy, he didn't, obviously didn't play tonight, but he set the pace in training camp, guys like that. We got, you know, we're down a couple of guys now on the penalty kill, but we had about seven or eight guys that could penalty kill for us. Um, it's a penalty kill is a momentum and it's confidence. I mean, that's a, I mean, their, their power play is outrageous how good they are. So it's, it's nice to, to be able to shut it down a little bit, but, uh, you know, they'll be coming again. They're, they're, they're too good. So we have to make sure that we stay in our staples. What's a win? Do in terms of reinforcement, in terms of what you guys are selling to your players, details, you know, paying attention to little things. And you get a win like tonight, obviously, yeah. it kind of makes that message come through a lot clearer, I guess. Well, I think in the room, the guys will say to each other, hey, we got to stay with it. You know, like, you know, we got to keep our, well, I know I, I keep saying staples, but that's something that we have to, our team has to do that if we want to be successful. And um, that's, they, they, you know, they, they got to drive the bus on that too. You know, and I think that uh, we're chipping away at that. You had Miller hard matched against yeah. McDavid throughout the evening. Yep. Um, come across, come out of that matchup up three on the scoreboard and uh, out shooting them pretty wildly. <clears throat> but what was the key to that success? What, what does it mean for JT in particular to have uh, a shutdown night like that against a guy like that? Yeah. Uh, I think we're like we're really connected, you know. Like, I don't think one guy can shut down. Maybe I don't even know if two guys, but five guys. If you're in the right spots, you can contain them. Um, you know, they had some looks, and Demer was there for us. But uh, you know, you got to be connected. There's certain things that we we try to do against them. 
Um, they work tonight. Hopefully it works Saturday, you know, but I'm sure they're going to have some wrinkles at us coming come Saturday night. How crucial was it? Because it did seem like he wasn't slingshotting through the neutral zone that often. It happens a few times, yeah. but it seemed like you were able to win enough battles up front that they yeah. didn't come at your D with speed very often in the game. Yeah, I thought, I, I, don't quote me, but it, I, I thought they had about a three-minute shift they, because they had a couple of power plays he was on. So there was a, there was, yeah, yeah the, but I, I thought there was some times where, the, you know, just they were on the ice a lot. And uh, sometimes, you know, maybe it takes a while to get them going again. So, um, and we held the fort. You know, we, it was, you know, a den, you know we, it was a little bit of rope-a-dope sometimes by playing in structure and giving them the outside. And I thought some guys did a nice job in that. It's just one game. Yeah. But yeah. you know the recent history here. Yeah. It, it, is there a statement of any kind, even if it's just to your own group, uh, that your team was able to make? <clears throat> well, I think, uh, listen, it's it's one game. You know, obviously everything went our way tonight. And I'm proud of the guys. But, um, you know, this is, a, this is a long haul. This is a long haul. And we have to stay in, in, in our in – our, we've got to keep our boots on the ground. Like we – and I heard a couple of guys with five minutes left say, you know, listen, and I told you guys, you know, we're not ordering rings around here. It's one game, and it was uh, it was a good game, and now we just – but you can still learn – like, you learn from it, and, and, and you can feel good about it. It's just that you got to come back to earth a little bit tomorrow, and that's really kind of our learning lesson. That is Canucks head coach Rick Tockett after an 8-1 victory, and he's trying to stay grounded. It's only one game. you got to repeat this. You're not ordering any rings and then put it on order. You see the rings the Golden Knights got, by the way? Woo. They're really nice. Be nice, wouldn't it? To see Canucks put that on one day. But he's not worried no about that. Yet, yet. Yeah, no comment just yet. He's, he's not going down that path. Obviously not. It's one game into the season. But I think, you know, somebody also texted in and say, you know, James James said, Talkett knows what it takes to be a winning team. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And maturity is going to have to be a big part of this team this year, too. They're a team that we've been waiting to mature especially on the ice with their performances, especially with having a bit more steadiness and in their game-in and game-out performances. We've seen them get high and get on runs. We've seen them get on lows and go through devastating lulls that have sunk their season. Do you have that maturity now to be able to be consistent and be more level with your performances? Yeah, and it was a complete game. That's what Bill's saying here, 650-650. Probably the most complete game I've seen in years. All the new guys were great. Lafferty looks like a steal. Cole and Ronick were solid. That's Bill uh, in the inbox. Yeah, and this one here says, Also, we are undefeated in the Quinn Hughes captaincy era. Facts only. 1-0 under the captaincy of Quinn Hughes. We'll get to more of your reactions on our text inbox on the phone lines, and we'll get more post-game player reaction, including Brock Besser, who had four goals tonight in a 8-1 victory over the Oilers. It's Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Talking all Canucks all the time. It's Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where you talk Canucks. You're listening to the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the official home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hughes to the left circle for Kuzmenko. Threw it to the goal. It bounced off a stick and just wide of the far post. Henderson gets it on the right wing half wall. Back to the line. Miller shoots. Scores! JT Miller with the extra point for Vancouver. Fires it home from the top of the left circle past Stuart Skinner. 
Touchdown Canucks, it's 7-1. This is a long haul. This is a long haul, and we have to stay in our, in, in our, in our got to keep our boots on the ground. Like we, and I heard a couple of guys with five minutes left say, you know, listen, and I told you guys, you know, we're not ordering rings around here. It's one game. It's only a game. They're not ordering rings right now. Well, like Batch mentioned, it was a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Canucks win 8-1 over the Edmonton Oilers, and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. And we are going to go to the text inbox and hit the phone boards coming up in a second as well. And we'll hear from Brock Besser and JT Miller. And you know what? We're also going to get some audio here in a bit. I'm putting fast Eddie Gregory on the spot. We're not going to get it right away, but Connor McDavid had some interesting thoughts on the game here tonight, and I'm not sure he knew what the situation was with that Demko and uh, maybe not excited, not maybe not happy with the Canucks having the power play out, the first unit power play out, but we'll get to that coming up in a few minutes time. But one thing we haven't discussed too much here big tonight is special teams for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I know the Edmonton Oilers got that goal on the power play. The Canucks power play also scored, but I did like what I saw from the PK tonight, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. It, there's not a whole lot you're going to do on that dry side. No. He's on such a weird angle. He's detached from the play and like that's just a special player doing something special and, and getting set up by Connor McDavid. Uh, but in general, like the, the the play that really stood out for me um, was in the first period, and it was uh, Lafferty. Um, you know, JT and Lafferty were the first PK unit to go out, and there was a loose puck, and Lafferty's on it, right? And it's it's not just against anyone; it's against Connor McDavid, and. Battles in the corner generates the clear. That to me is like the mentality that you need to see. Like pick your moments when you can go be aggressive. Connor McDavid's fumbling with the puck. His back is to the center of the ice, so go after it and put a body on him and, and generate that opportunity to clear it. So it, it, it was a microcosm of so much that we saw throughout the course of the evening. Now the one play they score on, look. Uh, Special players can do special things, and I chalk that up to that. Yeah, I think that is more than anything else. And as far as um, the power play is concerned for Vancouver, I like the movement they had going on. I know they got the goal, and Besser got a goal as well. But for the most part, I liked how the movement was pretty good, for generally speaking, and, and Besser did a good job getting in front of the net. And one thing we saw, too, was Elias Pettersson being more than just this kind of decoy you pass the puck to. This isolated trigger man, right? Yeah. He, he was willing to handle the puck, went down low with it too, and, and him because Michael tried to play a two-man game sometimes and, and work the puck to Brock Besser even at times. So uh, a, a lot more mobility from Elias Patterson, which is something I've wanted to see. Just just more movement from this power play in general. So very encouraging signs uh, for the power play, which... Uh, was able to connect as well a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot trio of re- times. Yeah, tri- trio times, exactly. And so I mean, special teams, there wasn't anything really they didn't nail tonight. And that's why I think you hear the coach saying, we're not planning any parades. A lot of great things, but it's about repeating things, not getting too high on yourself. But tough to really nitpick anything too negative here. We have uh, some questions. Um, this one says, thoughts on Akito Hirose. I thought he was fine. And I thought there were a couple moments where he needed to make a play defensively, especially on Warren Fogle, one play on a rush. Period, yeah. And he, you know, he, he stick checks him, takes away an opportunity from him. He was pretty engaged, generally speaking. But I wouldn't say overly impressive. I thought he was fine. I think that's mm-hmm. a moment, too, he got kind of pushed around a little bit, which is going to happen worth his you know size. He, but he, he followed he, up what he did at the end of the season. Exactly. He, he, was, he was fine. So I was happy with that. Somebody else asks us, thoughts on Hoags, Niels Hoaglander. And he's a guy that we have been critical of. Picks up an assist here tonight, plus one on the evening. But even beyond that, Vic, we talk about Phil Giuseppe winning puck battles, keeping the puck moving in the offensive zone, you know, skating hard. 
beings hard to play against, and Hoaglander had that in his 13 minutes vice time tonight. Absolutely. Um, just do the simple stuff well. And like we, we know he can play a direct game. And I, I think that's what Rick Tockett has wanted to see from him. I know he mentioned uh, the other day about comparing him and Garland. Uh, there was a shift uh, where he generates a turnover behind the net and creates a chance for Beauvillier. He, he kind of have a, a backhand, you know, a weak backhand shot on a bad angle. But it's, it all comes from Hoaglander's uh, creating a turnover. And then Hoaglander gets the puck later in the shift. And there's a down low cross crease pass. It's right for Beauvillier. They don't connect on that play, but mm-hmm. an opportunity for him to engineer and assist. And that's the, 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 like, that was the shift to me. We're talking about like one guy doing everything today. Hoaglander on that shift was, was the guy who created uh, a lot of opportunities for his teammates. Yeah, strong game from, from Niels Hoaglander here tonight. Uh, let's get a couple text messages in here before we get out. This one from Torgi. I agree with the checking st- that the checking stood out. They were in the right position, and the D anticipated the play. They played system hockey really well. And I know, Bick, there's another text that came in from Danny Coquitlam about the staples Rick Tockett has been implementing. Yep, Quinn mentioned the staples in his presser tonight. Demko, Petey, and Miller all mentioned staples post-practice. Sounds like there's serious buy-in to the system organizationally, top to bottom. That's Danny in Coquitlam. And a moment you pointed out to me, too, and it's funny that it was Connor Garland kind of doing this, end of a shift in the offensive zone. Like, we're talking about a guy with a flu, nine yeah. minutes of ice time. What is he feeling? He sprinted to the bench. Clean line changes today. Yeah. Very clean line changes. Skating hard to get off the ice, jumping on the ice with purpose, knowing where you're going, knowing who you're take, you know, jumping in for. There wasn't this, you know, running around with like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to figure out what to do after a bad line change. It just makes life easier. Limit the mistakes, and the Canucks did that tonight, and that's why they won eight one over the Edmonton Oilers. Can I read this one really quickly? Yes, because I, yes, I do think it's it's also fair to bring this perspective. And I, I was actually t- talking to our friends over at uh, City News Vancouver today to kind of mm-hmm. preview the season, and I did say like it, it's okay to make the players earn your trust again, yes. right? Like it's it's okay to go into the season with a cautious heart. And I, I'm just going to bring this up because it's fair to bring all perspectives today. Trevor says, I will not have any expectations from this team until like game 50. We've been through it all being a fan for this team. I'll believe it when they show me consistency. Fair and enough. I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, it's fair. It's it's a very fun day. 8-1 is a blast. I know no yeah, one wants man. to rain on any parade, but I do think it's a fair thing. And even Rick Tockett, it's like the kind of the message he was kind of echoing today. It's like, yeah. It's 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 two points. Hundred percent. You know, that's for the team's perspective. For fans enjoying the evening, enjoy the night. Yeah. Like 100%. there's been so many home openers that haven't been great. Uh, Donkey says Canucks have never won a home opener eight one with Boa's captain. I'll tell you that for free. And you know, I, I you know hey, listen, it's, it's 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 a cheap <laughs> shot at Bo and his jokes for sixty, and that's not why I read it. But the point being, like. We haven't seen this team have good openers to begin with lately, yeah. and then an eight-one victory to start the season. Like you know, have fun, enjoy the game, like, and, enjoy the victory tonight. The players, I get it, getting too high and too low, but as a fan, like you can enjoy game by game, live in the moment, and just enjoy this one because God knows we've had many seasons when we haven't been able to have some joy watching this team play. And I know we're talking about like you know contracts and all this sort of stuff, and what does it mean for the season for Patterson? I do like that today, and the fans brought it today in the arena. This was a rocking place to be tonight. It's easy when it's eight-one. But it's also a reminder, like we talked about the scrutiny of being in a Canadian market and all this yeah. thing. Tonight is a reminder of what the reward looks like. Like he earned the four goals and he earned a, a to be serenaded by the crowd, but there were better chance today. Mm-hmm. All these moments, it's a reminder that when it's good here, it's really good. And Brock Besser is gonna be the face of the town for a couple of days and it just reminded that like at least Pedersen, you're the contract status, like this is what it feels like when it's good here. 
and Quinn Hughes is embracing this new role. Like all these guys, it's just a chance to look at say, hey, what is the upside of playing in a Canadian a Canadian city look like? And tonight, I hope that's a reminder for a lot of the players of like, oh right, it's it's it can be pretty awesome here. Yeah, it's it's a lot different. They haven't been able to experience it. The one playoff run they had was in a bubble with no fans in Edmonton. They don't know what it's like, these players, to play in front of a raucous crowd in meaningful games and playoff games at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Uh, we are going to get to some post-game audio here. JT Miller, Brock Bester, and we'll try to squeeze in Connor McDavid as well. What do he have to say about the game? Perhaps someone needs to you know, tap him on the shoulder and tell him exactly why things unfolded the way they did. But I digress. I'll let you hear that. But let's get a couple of callers in. I know they've been waiting patiently to get in. Uh, let's go to Aiden, who's on the phone line. Aiden, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us tonight? Hey guys, the NHL is back. I am hyped up. Watched the game today at work. 8-1, Brock Besser, fire. I was worried about Patrick Demko. No, it's a flu. He's going to have a rocket season. This is the Canucks season. They're looking hot as hell. I love it, boys. You guys have a fantastic night, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it, Aiden. Thanks for the phone call, man. Now, let's keep things going. Let's get one more caller in here before we get some post-game audio. Gary in Maple Ridge. Gary, what's going on, buddy? Well, first of all, can you hear me all right? Yep. Yes, we can. Uh, three weeks ago, I had to go in for a hernia operation, so I'm lying down listening to you guys. I wanted to talk about Giuseppe. I, I talked to your producer and said to him that he went from the New York Rangers, then he went to Vancouver, then he went to Abbotsford. I loved him in Abbotsford. Then he goes to Vancouver plays, doesn't quite make it, and he, he finally comes up to Vancouver and plays his heart out. He is a, he reminds me of some guy that just, uh, he annoys the heck out of you, gets the fuck, and um, he's great on that uh, on that line with uh, J.T. Miller and Brock Besser. Uh, they played a great game, but I will say this. Our coach, uh, Rick Tockett, is a he is quite right. It's one game. Let's not get the rings out. There's no parade. But let's enjoy it. And go Canucks, go. But I tell you something, when we go back to Edmonton, that's not going to be a party. Trust me. They're going to be mad as heck. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the phone call. That's Gary. And you know what? Before we get to the player audio from the Canucks, we mentioned this. And, you know... The Canucks' next game is in Edmonton against the Oilers. The Canucks beat them 8-1. They're a cup contender. You know they're going to be fired up. And I think they're looking for anything to give them extra motivation. And we're going to play this here. Here is Connor McDavid after the Canucks absolutely trounced the Oilers 8-1 at Rogers Arena. Um, Connor, how do you break down a game like that? Yeah, ready for the next one. That's uh, what we're going to do. Obviously, you like to learn from uh, some of the breakdowns and uh, get ready for the next one. What do you think led to the primary struggle in your own zone tonight? <sighs> lots. Um, yeah, lots of things went wrong. Is it a, a communication? Is it not being on the same page? Uh, what do you think is something that's correctable in that sense? Uh, pull back to the drawing board and figure it out. Um, you know, like I said, there's lots of lessons there for us. Um, sucks that this happens on the first game of the year. You know, these nights happen. Um, sucks that it's the first one, obviously. Um, looking forward to playing them again Saturday. It's hard to, you know, you guys had captain skates a month and a bit ago, and mm-hmm. then you played preseason games in a long camp and look forward to this game for so long yeah. and come out and lay an egg. Like, I don't know how you explain that. I don't know. 
you know. How do we explain it? How, what happens? Uh, yeah, me neither. Uh, you know, obviously not uh, not sure how to explain um, that start to your season. We've had great starts. Uh, you know, we've won the, the opener for the last however many years, and I guess maybe one there in the COVID year. But um, you know, we normally play well in this game, um, and obviously we didn't didn't uh, didn't this year. There's so much made about Jack Campbell's playing the preseason and him kind of getting things going, and it didn't seem like there was a lot of help in front of him. Would you agree? No, that? there wasn't. No, there wasn't a lot of help. I thought uh, both you know we hung both of our guys out to dry, and um, never what you want to do. Yeah, Matias Ackholm is obviously a big part of this team. Did you feel like you, you guys really missed him tonight? Was he a big reason or, or a reason for the struggles in your own team tonight? Uh, Ex-great player, big part of our group. Um, you know, you miss uh, you miss lots of guys when they when they're not in your lineup, um, and he would obviously be one of them. This captain of the team, how would you like? How much you dwell on this, or do you just forget about it? Do you have to? Got some points home from a night like well, this. Like I said, yeah, like I said, I mean, we obviously want to learn from it. Um, we want to, you know, see where things went wrong and learn from it. Like I said, and and, uh, and get ready to go again. You know, we play Saturday. Um, excited to play at home. Um, excited to play these guys again. Another opportunity to redeem ourselves. Any problem or any thoughts on them rolling out PP one six one game in the third period? They made a few. Decisions in the third period that I thought were interesting. Um, throwing the backup goalie in with 10 minutes left. I have not seen that. Um, it's not like DeSmith is uh, uh, e-bug or anything like that. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And yeah, I mean, anytime you roll out the first power play unit, um, not ideal, but um, not our uh, never situation we want to be in. And, you know, obviously uh, we don't like that. Uh, that is Connor McDavid. Didn't like the fact that they threw the first per unit power play out. My answer to that would be they were taking liberties with Pedersen quite a bit in that third period. They went after him. Dreisaitl slashed a couple of Canucks. They Can were I just getting read the last three penalties for the Oilers? Yes. Dreisaitl, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Yeah. You know what? And what were the penalties? Cross-checking, cross-checking, slashing. Right. So you want to run around, do that stuff? Then you should take it down. You should... You should Take the punches on the power play. Kind of your fault. You're taking the penalties. So what? Do, what do they say? F around and find out. Yeah. To me, that's how I feel about it. But you know what? I get, these are athletes. It's McDavid. Yeah. Like they're going to use anything for motivation. Yeah. The stuff on DeSmith. I mean, like he clearly doesn't. He doesn't understand. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we were all kind of wondering what was going yeah. on. But they're they're clearly not sitting there going, let's just throw the backup in here yeah. for ten minutes. But but the, the other thing, it's like, oh, our first unit power play with the, or they were still sending the first unit power play out. It's like, yeah, don't don't take don't take stupid why, penalties. Why are you slashing Ian Cole who's on one knee? Tricidal slash yeah, Ian Cole's on one knee, clearing yeah. the puck, and he slashes him on the back of the leg where there's no padding. Yeah. So he knows exactly what he's doing. So if you want to run around, be cheap, then you're gonna get you know, run the score up. I have no issues with that. But when you do that, the other team's gonna be pissed off. So it's gonna be a battle on Saturday in Edmonton against the Oilers. It's the Will night. Smith line from uh, Men in Black: Don't start nothing, there won't, <laughs> won't be, be nothing. nothing. Exactly, that's exactly where it's at. All right, you heard from McDavid, and that was kind of the, the spicy audio from Connor McDavid, but as far as how the Canucks felt about this game, Brock Besser, we know the ups and downs. The ups were so high in that first season in Vancouver. The downs, well, they've been very low as well. A lot of adversity he's gone through personally. Injuries, of course, uh, losing his father. He needed a good game, and boy, did he have one. Four goals tonight, and here he is post-game talking about his performance and the team winning 8-1 over the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, when you get a goal off your foot, five-hole from a pass below almost at the goal line it's uh it's pretty rare how much did you enjoy this as a start to this season after what you went through the last couple of years 
Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, not just me personally, but our whole team. And um, I think we've all talked about, you know, we got here early. We did what the coaches wanted, and us players want to do that too. And uh, I'm just happy it paid off. I think uh, kudos to us for coming in tonight and playing a really good hockey game all around. So uh, we just got to build off it now. Quinn talked about your summer and the work you put in. Where do you think you've made the most progress? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just mentally I've talked about it, just, um, you know, kind of finding that motivation again and finding that peace with everything. So um, it was a really good summer, and I was you know, I was itching to get back for a few months. So um, I was really looking forward to this game. With that first shot, I mean, that's a, that's a goal scorer's type of shot. Was that something that, you know, you've been looking to get back to? Yeah, I mean, um, I think that just comes with playing with those guys. And, you know, Mills is so good with the puck. Uh, below the dots and anytime he gets it I'm trying to find that soft area and, um, you know the D came out early so I just tried to get it off quick and luckily it went in the back of the net I know you haven't been a consistent piece of PP1 the last few years with, with Bo here you're there and, and that just looks so good tonight just talk a bit about the confidence in the power play yeah for sure um, you know obviously it's something I take pride in and um, you know obviously not killing so I want to be a big part of the, the power play but um, you know I think uh, you know as core guys kind of have been um together for a while I'd say so we kind of know what the plays we're looking for and and um, I think I just think we're snapping around really well working off each other and obviously uh, it showed tonight your first goal tonight how much was that a part and parcel of everything you went through in the offseason I mean your, your, your wrist shot tonight the accuracy was there the velocity was there you picked the far side it was kind of a going into the way back machine. I mean, nothing is bugging you physically. How, how, how good do you feel when you release something like that and get that kind of goal? Yeah, I think it just, um, you know, hard work pays off. And, you know, I made it through training camp uh, healthy and, you know, I worked hard this summer. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a good feeling when that puck went in the net and, you know, get uh, starting starting the year off on the right foot this year. Considering what you did in terms of the summer and the start tonight, where's the confidence level at right now? say it's pretty high. Yeah. Is it like, <laughs> back to where you know when you're scoring 25 30 goals yeah i mean i think you know i kind of got to that mindset again in the summer of just you know i got to be a better hockey player and and really work hard and you know i came back and um you know it just continues each and every day like i have to have that same mindset tomorrow and the next practice and you know the morning skate and i just got to keep it going and i think um you know uh, just changing the mindset and being um you know really motivated i think helps a lot Brock, you you remember a game that where you've ever had a feeling where just the puck is going in for you every single time? I honestly, I think I told a few guys, I don't think this has ever happened. So, um, you know, just like the fourth one, the puck just falls on your stick. You can't really make it up. You said Bantam was the last time probably, you think you might have scored four? Probably, yeah. You mentioned starting the season off on the, wrong, on the right foot, uh, quite literally in terms of your third goal. Can you walk me through the reaction when that one goes in? Yeah, I mean, I know P is trying to seem pass it to uh, Millsy, and, you know, that play was working a few times. And, um, yeah, I just hit my foot, and I was looking for it, and next thing you know, I was in the back of the net. So it's a rare goal, and but I'll definitely take it. So you weren't working on the back heel over the summer? <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think I was working on the kicking motion. With uh, with regards to tonight and getting an 8-1 win, the team game, the way your line played, uh, hard matched against McDavid all evening, we know the history here of, of tough starts. Is there a statement that your team has made um, of any kind with a performance like this this evening? Um, I think just getting here early, it shows how committed we are to being better and 
in raising that standard. And I know we've talked about it a lot, but um, I think we really feel it now. And um, but you know, then again, we're going on a big road trip right now, so um, we got to continue to push to be better and and you know get some some big wins on this road trip. You know, you keep points in games. People always talk about the PK scoreless game. You killed one off. Two nothing game. They score there. They could get back in the game. How big were those two PKs at those points of the game? Oh, huge. Um, we all know how the PK has been the last few years, and um, you know they brought in some new guys. And and I think you know at the end of last year we were trending in the right direction. So um, you know we uh, I think we picked up where we left off, and you know that's a really good power play over there. So kudos to them. That is Brock Besser saying he hasn't had a game like that ever, he can't think of. Maybe back in Bantam, and he was just laughing about the puck just finds a way to be on a stick, and you put it in, put it in an empty net. And, you know, every goal scorer has been on a maddening cold streak before where it seems like no matter what you do, the puck doesn't go into the net. And then you have games like this, and it's like, no matter what you do, the puck's going to follow you around. And it's not like he didn't work hard for it. He had a tremendous game. But it's just one of those nights where it just aligned for Brock Besser to get four goals. Even the puck fluttering in the air lands yeah. perfectly for him. A rebound falls right on his stick. Uh, but look, you've got to put yourself in those positions uh, to deposit those goals in. And yeah. he was in the right spot, constantly in front of the net. You know, The, 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 the Pedersen and Miller goals, there he is in front of... Uh, Skinner and Campbell. So he was in the right spots all the time. Uh, good fortune on the one that goes off his skate, but like he earned his hat trick. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he was phenomenal tonight. He absolutely and, was. And actually the thing that should be mentioned too, because like we, we spend so much time focusing on Miller against the McDavid line, a PDG and, and Besser are a component of that too. Oh, of and course. So they did a great job. And, and like Hughes has mentioned it, and the, the, it was a, a team effort defensively uh, doing it all together. And Brock should get credit for that as well. Well, and you know, the reality is that line truly has an identity. And I know somebody texted in and said that the thing with PDG, Miller, and Besser is they have an identity a four checker, a skilled guy, and a sniper. And they are the first and second, are they the first or the second line right now? And I'd even say Brock at his best is really good at winning board battles, and that's what he did again tonight. So it's not just being a sniper, it's being a team that, being a line, that is not necessarily heavy, although they have players who can play heavy, but they're hard to play against, forecheck well, well, can cycle the puck, can keep in the offensive zone and get to the dirty areas, and they did that very effectively here tonight. So much so, like Sportsnet Stats put out, the Canucks earned the largest margin of victory in franchise history for a season opener tonight. They won victory over the Oilers. So that tells you how rare this game was in terms of a season opener for the team. Besser's line mate, the center, who had four points on the evening, took a point away from him. He should have had five, but he mm-hmm. got four. Is JT Miller. We mentioned we're going to hear from him. Here he is post game after the victory. We did. Uh, I think we know we needed to, to enjoy it tonight and then move on because we played them again in about two or three days. So uh, it's nice to get off on the right foot after what happened last year, especially to come off in the lead and then come back on us a couple times in Edmonton. It felt good. Um, like I said, enjoy it today. What are you most proud of from the team performance? Honestly, anytime uh, you can keep those two off the sheet five on five, that's a that's a good good kudos to the club. You know, that's uh, it's hard to do. Um, we didn't give them any easy opportunities today. I thought uh, our uh, you know the way our we every time that they had the puck in the zone, you know, most of the time we had five guys so tight like they didn't have much inside, and you know. 
obviously those two are a big part of their offense. So we feel like we kept them to the outside. They had a couple shifts at the end of the second where I got hemmed in a little bit. But other than that, like we felt pretty good about eliminating a lot of big opportunities from them. And, you know, on the power play, you take three, four, five. They're just, it's hard to keep them off the board with the percentage in the mid 30s. So I just think that, uh, I guess, the, I'm proud of the way that we. We took a lot of pride in defending today, and we collapsed the house a lot, and that's something we really worked on. Jason, it seemed like, as well, there weren't a ton of McDavid freight cranes slingshotting through the neutral zone opportunities. It's, it seemed partly because that was you guys were winning a ton of battles down low. Yeah, well, just try, you got to find him. Like you, you know that through the neutral zone, he's unstoppable. It doesn't even matter if you're in the right spot. So, if you don't turn the puck over and make it easy on him, and if you're above him as much as possible, it's kind of hard sometimes. Like on my penalty, I'm trying to be above him. He's just faster than me and skated past me and makes me take a penalty. It's like you try to limit those opportunities where you're vulnerable, you're going to you know, get success. But like I said, they're a hungry team, and we know that, so we're just going to enjoy it for a couple hours and then get ready to try to do it again. You mentioned the shifts getting hemmed in, and I'm guessing you're thinking about that like 100-second one yeah. toward the second, um, and it's Hironic who makes that play to sort of snuff that rush out how, how big a moment was that how big was his contribution tonight it was great i mean him and huggy were unreal you know they defend you know they're not big guys but they defend hard and they take a you know we all we were on the ice pretty much every single shift together tonight and we just take a lot of pride against playing them they're the two of the best players in the world and you know they're really hard to play against so i mean the focus was there it was there last year you know some a lot of times they're going to get the better better of you but you know it feels good tonight but i'll keep going back so we want to be an even keel group and a day-by-day group so enjoy it today and then move on you uh you also spent a lot of time head-to-head against 97 um number score sheet will read that you guys outscored them three nothing at, at five on five and they didn't generate a ton it was pretty low event um how much does it mean to you to start the season out? I know it's just one game, mm-hmm. but just with a defensive performance like that in a high leverage role. Yeah, it means a lot. You know, I've been thinking about this game for a while, and um, you know, at the end of the year, last twenty games or so, me, Brock, and Phil proved we can play against any line. I don't think we ended up playing against the Oilers at all after that, but um, you know, we knew this matchup was probably coming, and. When you go against the best in the world, like I said, for me, it's it's very exciting and challenging. I mean, a guy like that is just put every single shift I have to be aware, and if I take a shift off, he's going to get a look. It's just how it works against him. And um, like I said, tonight was tonight, but, you know, he's going home right now. I'm already thinking about the next game, and we play him in three days. So, you know, I'm uh, this is going to be a short-lived, and we're going to get ready for the next one. How good do you feel for Brock? Awesome, man. Like, he's been, like, <laughs> really he takes so much heat, and he's, like, uh, work, he's working at his game so much. He, you know, he's really matured and become such a well-rounded player, in my opinion. You know, me and him playing together pretty much my whole four years here on a line for a lot of those games. And to see him get rewarded, and if you look at even all the other goals we scored, he's right in the goalie's face. And something he's really been working hard on is, you know, he's a half-wall guy his whole life. And then now in the last couple of years, it's, it's been hard and challenging for him to... He's around the net now, and, you know, we saw it on Mizey's goal in preseason the other day. I think Petey's goal tonight, he's going to the net and getting rewarded. So it's not going to work out where the puck's on your stick around the net all night, but, you know, I'm, I'm just really happy for him. What kind of boost does that give to the group when you have an individual like that having a game like that? I have to imagine the whole team gets a rise from that. Yeah, no question. I mean, we're all in, in it together, and to see one of the guys you go to battle with and your teammate have that kind of success is great. But, uh at the end of the day, this group is in it to win games and, and beat good hockey teams, and we understand that it's going to be it's going to be harder in three days. So, like I said, I, I keep going back to it, but you know, for doing that tonight as a group, I think it's been a pretty even kill celebration, if you will. Like we already know that we play them again, and if you get too high against a team like that, they'll kill you. So, 
Um, but super happy for Brock. What's important over the next two days here as you prepare for the team? They're going to host you for their home opener. You just beat them eight to one. What do you guys need to focus on the next two days? Focus on ourselves. You know, we did a lot of that before this game. Is just you know, if we play well, we know we give ourselves a chance and. Um, it's the same deal. You know, they get the last change there. You know, things are going to be a little different. We know that. But understand who you're on the ice against and take care of the puck and, you know, rest and recover. And it's the same stuff. Just go day by day. We go through tomorrow and then we'll worry about the next day after that. JT, can I pick impressions of Lafferty on the PK? He was great. Um, he's a, he's kind of a bull. Like he's a, he's a lot to handle. Um, I haven't played against him a ton, but super strong on the puck. You can tell on Dak's goal. I mean, the guy probably had an edge on him, but he completely outmuscled him, and then he did it later in the period. So, super impressive. It's kind of a hard game to get thrown in in the mix on the PK against them, right? So, um, but you know, he's great. I've been sitting with him in the room, trying to get to know him a little bit. Um, but no, he looked good tonight. When you say you were thinking a lot about this game, was it because it was the season opener, because it was the opponent, because of how bad the last year started? What was yeah. Well, I mean, personally, last year I, I still thought I didn't play a bad game, and they scored every time I was on the ice for all six. So, I mean, for me, it wasn't like a, I felt like I had something to prove. I mean, I think that those players will make will do that to you. And um, you know, like I said last year in the last twenty or thirty games, like we took a lot of pride against shutting down some of the best lines in the league, and we should be proud about that. So, I guess to keep that going a little bit, you know, feels good. But. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, he's the best player in the world, maybe the best player ever. And I, I got a chance to play against him every single time I was on, on the ice tonight. And, um, you know, I take a lot of pride in that, and so do the guys I play with. And that's more important for you. You got five points, but shutting it down is like... Yeah. I mean, their points are awesome, right? But, I mean, I whatever. Like, it's... Uh, we needed a win today badly. And after... I guess there's a little bit of... You know, a little bit of fu in our game about last year's start. We had a lead a couple times in that game, and we blew a lead to start the season. That sucks. So, um, you know, it just feels good as a group in here to get a lead, hold on to it, and expand it because we continued to play the right way and got a lot of power plays and took advantage. A couple more guys, or let's see if we can go. Uh, sorry, can I go? I just want to pick at your commentary about Brock fleshing out his two-way game. What in particular have you seen from him over the course of your last? When he get, takes the heat, it's often about the goal totals, but you're talking about something totally different. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, you know, Rick talks a lot about the little details and stuff, and, like, that's just something that we're all trying to work at, but something that Brock's gotten better at every day, and he's been taking pride at being a greasier player and not a perimeter player and being around the net because he's understanding that that's where all the goals are scored. And, you know, he just got rewarded for that. You know, it's... Uh, you know, he, in my opinion, he's becoming such a well-rounded player from when, the day I got here when he was the, you know, the half-wall guy, the skill guy. Like, he, there's more to, to him than that. And if he's going to play hard matchups, I think he knows that, you know, we all know we have to be, you know, engaged physically and just doing the little details in the game. And I'm just, I'm just very happy that he got rewarded today. He deserves it. And just in regards to the idea of, like, an FU game after your start last year, yeah. it's just one game, right? It yeah. doesn't matter unless you do it a bunch more times over the next 81. Yeah. But is there something of value, whether it's a statement to, within the room, something of value to starting out the season on, on this sort of commanding a note. Yeah, I think what feels good about the game today is you're not going to score eight. I mean, we didn't have like a bazillion shots or anything. You're not going to score eight maybe the rest of the season, but the fact that we had a lead and kept our foot on the gas, I think that's something we could really take from today because if you go back into the third, second or third and sit back against them and let them have the puck, it could get ugly. And we saw that happen a lot at the beginning of last year, so we just kept our foot on the gas and it paid off. Oh, it certainly paid off to the tune of eight goals by the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, JT, uh, a very candid interview, and that's what a lot of people are saying on the text inbox. Love the detail. Well, yeah. 
when it's on the backdrop of an 8-1 win? It's a little bit more positive and glowing instead of being a bit more, you know, dour. And this one says, love the detailed, candid commentary from JT. Hope we get this more instead of the obviously interview. Uh, Keith from Poco, if this Rick is Rick talking hockey, I like it. Franchise record to boot. What a freaking boost, Marcus and Gibsons. And James says, did something happen? I like all these post-game interviews. So genuine, <laughs> everyone's being so open. Crazy, I like it. It's early in the season. They won 8-1. The vibes well, are great. The vibes are great. And hopefully the vibes stay good the rest of the season. Bick, any final thoughts here before we sign yeah, off for the evening? Just listening to Brock and listening to JT, uh, a common theme is looking ahead to the road trip. Looking yes. forward to the next one. Like they, they know they beat a division rival 8-1. They also know that the road to play a couple of days from now. So, yeah, they enjoy tonight, and I'm sure privately they're enjoying it, but I, I really like that there's a, an immediate focus onto the next one. Yeah, no question about that. Enjoy this one here tonight. The Canucks have another one coming up on Saturday in Edmonton against Oilers. We'll see what type of performance they can put together for an encore, if possible at all. Thanks, everybody, for listening and participating in the show. We appreciate every single text message. We got hundreds today. We couldn't get to all of them, but we know and appreciate that you sent them in, and you know that we read them as it went, as the night went on. And thanks, everybody, calling in and listening and being part of the show as well. If your text wasn't read, keep competing, man. Yeah. <laughs> we got 81 of these. Keep competing. We'll, we'll get them in, for sure. We'll probably Look at your text. Why didn't you get in and work on it? <laughs> raise the bar. Raise yes. the level. We asked the team to raise their level. We have to raise our level. you got to raise your level. We all raise Man, our we level. We went an extra hour today, so we're here competing. Listen, we went a few extra minutes. We're past 1130 right now because we wanted to compete extra hard and get oh, some extra content in. All right, great stuff. It's a lot of fun being back at the, at the arena. Next game is in Edmonton against the Oilers. Thanks, everybody for, everybody, for being a part of it. Special thanks to Lena and Fast Eddie Gregory back at the radio station. This has been the Canucks Center Post Game Show. No, I'm your Canucks. Sportsnet 650.